You got to put yourself out there. Yeah. You can't not. You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. I was going to say shits you don't take. You miss 100% of those shits you don't take. <laughs> you miss 100% of the shits. It's almost like we forgot how to do a podcast. I kind of did. Good thing this is going to be a very tight thematic episode. Zero credits. What room do ghosts avoid? The living room! And welcome back to 2019 Zero Credits, the future show where we talk about the current things. My name's Henry. That's right, and 2019 is the year where we admit that Digimon is better than Pokemon. My name is John. And together we're bringing you all the controversial opinions and statements from John and the true facts. Pokemon is always better than Digimon from Henry. Here in the cultural happenings of the zeitgeist, Happy New Year. Uh, The sun has once again traversed around the earth. And come up once again on a new horizon. The sun has switched sides and is now coming up in the west, which is the sign that it is the new year. It is the new year. Uh, And as with every new year, a bunch of these human people on this planet, we all clap for the the earth, Mm -hmm. for making it around the sun. Who, Who knows? Maybe this was the year it didn't happen. But damn, if my name's not Sally, the earth did it. Happy birthday, Earth. Happy birthday, Earth, man. Happy birthday. The Earth Day. And John... Wait, is the is Earth Day the Earth's birthday? And also with you. <laughs> no, Earth Day is the day where we realize, oh, fuck, we only got one of these. Maybe for one day we should care about it. Wait, then... hold on. Can I get that deal? Can I have a birthday where you just celebrate that I lived another year, but then another day just to appreciate me? Yeah. So there's John's birthday, uh-huh. and then there's John Day. Yeah, that'd be great. Everyone could have one. It's on the day <laughs> diametrically opposed to your birthday. So the, the complete opposite. Yeah, so mine would be sometime in December. Mine would be... How do you determine the opposite? Six, Six months? months. Mine would be the middle of December. No, the beginning of December. Mine would be in February. Ooh, nice. Yeah, sure. I was so. hoping one of us would be the new year, but I guess that's impossible. No, what? Because we have, I don't know if the listeners know this, set birthdays that do not change. <laughs> I think everyone does. Oh, okay. So, John, the new year happened. Happy New Year. It's 2019. And uh, I had a little small thing happen to me that was kind of sad. And I have to reference a South Park episode to explain it. All right. I'm already liking where this is heading. Remember in the yesteryear of old, South Park did an episode when Obama was first elected. And everyone was like, oh my god. Or Randy specifically was like, you know, change, hope, it's here. Everything's going to change. Obama was elected. I quit my job. Change is going to happen overnight now. Do you know what I'm talking about? I have not watched South Park in many years. Okay, well, that happened. Uh-huh. And New Year's Eve was so fun for me. Everyone was drinking with reckless abandon. 
beer pong was going on. Some people were playing Jackbox games. Mm-hmm. Everyone was yelling and having fun. And then 2019 happened, and you know what happened? The worst hangover ever. What a way to ring in the new year. I rang in the new year with a the, 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 really great New Year's Eve and a really shitty New Year's Day. Yeah, I feel like uh, that might be the, the case for a lot of people. Now, it's very, uh, it's not an auspicious year, because as we know, New Year's Eve was on a Monday. Oh, and that, that's a bad, that means it's bad? Uh, that means it's bad because that means you have to be hungover on a Tuesday. And Tuesday is, out of all the days you could be hungover, the worst. Why is that? So you can be hungover on a Monday, and that's fine, because by the time you recover, you have the whole week ahead of you. Yeah. But if you're hungover on a Tuesday, no, you can be hungover on a Wednesday. And that sucks, that's a hard day, but you've only got two days left of the week. If you're hungover on a Tuesday, you've still got most of the work week ahead, you're nowhere near a weekend, but you still have to work. Yeah. And exist and function. But thankfully, I believe we both had the day off. We did. And then I had to go back to work. And that is actually the sad thing that happened to me. Not the hangover. (laughs) That was the lead-in. The hangover was like the omen, if you will, that things are not going to be as hopeful and positive as I thought they were on the previous night. That first day back at work was literally the worst goddamn piece of shit day I've ever lived. Would you say that The Hangover was like your movie version of 2019? It's like the second act, and like you've just overcome the first big hurdle, and your your group is like, man, nothing bad will happen now, and then the camera cuts to like a dark shadow yeah. that's like grasping an orb. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> the zoom out, me going to work with the zoom out to reveal... The larger monster. Yeah, because you had just defeated the first monster, which was the hangover. So it's been a week of 2019. We've we've been in it for all of 152nd. Yes. Fractions. And uh, what do you think so far? How do you like the new digs? Uh, Honestly, I was expecting a lot more out of 2019 when I saw it originally. The rooms felt a lot bigger. Uh, I really liked the idea of having wall-to-wall carpet in every room. Uh, but really, the the more time I spend in it, 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 I just don't like it. It seems cramped. It seems dirty. I, and I signed a one-year lease. Yeah, we, we only signed a one-year lease. So we're not going to be in 2019 for long, and we kind of know that. Mm-hmm. It's kind of in the back of our minds that yeah. we're not renewing. We're going to be moving on to 2020 when the time comes. I, I think we've gotten burnt out on New Year's. You know? Because, uh, like, 2016 we were, was bad. So 2017, we kind of we were optimistic a little bit. We were like, okay, can't get worse. 2017 got worse. Yeah. So we're like, oh, 2018. No way it could get worse. No way it could get worse. So we've been burned twice before now. Yeah. And so for 2019, it's kind of like, I don't feel hopeful. Yeah, the, the hope and the change. I mean, every... As you said, every new year that has passed, we believe, comes with, like, some clean slate. That's not necessarily true. I still uh, have to go to the same shitty job. Like, yeah. The the situation in American politics is just as bad as it has been. Though there are some bright spots, it's not getting better in a hurry. No. The same bodies that we had ending 2018, they're still here. 
You know when you watch a television show that hasn't been canceled yet by some miracle, and from season to season you can feel like the different ideas flowing around? You get none of that in the new year. It's an arbitrary little milestone that says, hey, you gotta write a 9 instead of an 8 at the end of the date now. Yuck, yeah. yuck, yuck. All we're doing is celebrating a, a date change, but the world is still the same place. Now, that's not to say that I don't believe that there's some power in a New Year's resolution. I, I really think that there is. I think that if people... Every day is a New Year's resolution. Every day you could resolve to change the way that you interface with the world. But for a lot of people... A new year is a chance to make a promise to themselves that they will ultimately fail at. Yeah. But at least give a good, honest try for 12 days to three months. <laughs> and I think that if... I Going into 2019, I saw a lot of people whose resolution was... There's always people who want to get in shape or eat better. But there were people who wanted to be more positive or more active in local politics or more active in their communities. And those are the resolutions that actually matter. Like, if you have a bunch of people in the gym, sure, whatever. That's great. I think that everyone should own their fitness journey. But people who took the lessons of 2018, they took their licks and they said that we need to be more active in local politics after that record-setting midterm election. That That's a good thing. Yes. I have nothing to add to it because I've been... I don't know. Certain things happened last, in the last political cycle that kind of built up hope and then dashed it again. So I'm in this place where I'm kind of like, I'm just going to let both sides fight it out. Hopefully they destroy each other. And then we can start over with a better system. Yeah, the midterm election is really where I kind of found out that um, the two things, uh, there's the one that I don't believe in and the one that I thought I believed in. Um, but they're just kind of the same thing now. Your uh, vote doesn't count and local politics are important. So... Those two combined? No, the two things uh, being the two parties. Oh, uh, there's yeah. one that there's one that I hated and one that I thought that I liked. Uh, but more and more, they are turning out to be the same thing. Sadly, uh, but that is sadness for 2019. Ah, and that is the first beer we're drinking of the Today's night. episode is brought to you by <laughs> Coke Zero Sugar because we're both not drinking. Yeah, as uh, as discussed earlier. Since we talked about our own hangovers for like an hour, yeah. it's fresh in the mind. So we are not drinking tonight, so expect sour, dour, hour of power. No, let's be happy. I like your point about casting spells for the new year. <laughs> yes, please, let's cast New Year's spells. You know, the strongest magics happen, magics with a K, yeah. happen at the new year. Well, that's when all of the primal forces of the earth are renewed. Having completed a cycle of that solar journey. Yeah, the uh, the um, uh, spirits are refreshed, uh, and I was communing on the bathroom floor <laughs> with many spirits uh, as we rang in the new year. I heard some of those spirits were spilled on the, on the floor. Oh yeah, there were... I did not know how loud... You think a champagne bottle's loud when the cork pops out, but it's much louder when the bottles explode on a kitchen floor. That sounds horrible. Oh, I had another memory of that night. Oh no. I, I did manage we to uncork two champagne <laughs> bottles at the same time. No one knows what you're talking about, because a lot of that was before we started recording the episode. Yeah, I don't have a lot of memories, but I was trying to recall them before the episode started. 
Uh, so new a New Year's spell. Let's cast some spells for the New Year. These are not resolutions per se, but these are what we want to happen magically. I, I've heard um, televangelist preachers have said in the past yes. that if you want something, you need to just put it out there and then God will provide. Yeah. We're going to do the same thing sans God. We're going to just hope the universe hears and provides. Yeah, a lot of people believe in this stuff. It's the whole vision board, the secret. A lot of people think if you put things out into the world, you'll get those things back. And so we're going to cast some spells right now for the new year. Things we want to happen. I'm gonna, I'll am gonna. i go first. Please. And I'm going to stay positive in this. Mm-hmm. Because uh, rather than what I do in the shower every morning where I cast... Hexes on certain individuals. Yes, dark magics. Dark magics. I will stay positive, stay in the light, and I will cast a spell granting me a new, fruitful, peaceful job that is just as lucrative as my current job without all the stupid insanity. Now, the tough thing about this is to successfully cast the spell, you have to come up with a maximum two-word Latinish incantation for your spell. I know. Yes, of course. As all, all as all magic systems have, two word Latinus. That sounds like gelatinous. <laughs> two word gelatinous incantation. Uh, have you listened to my friend's band, Gelatinous Incantation? No, but I hear they're doing really good. <coughs> and just like in D anD D, we have to do a magic, waving our hands in a magical manner. So I'm going to cast Jabakus Aquirus. Ooh. If I had a 20-sided die, I'd roll it. Oh, but then you'd get a 1. And then that would tell me all I need to know about this year. Uh, so I would like to cast a New Year's spell. Not necessarily for myself, but for humanity. Okay. Uh, so I know that... Taking the high road, I get it. Yeah, I, I think that there are uh, certain agendas that I, I shall not name... Uh, but they're very similar with taxing people who earn over $10 million at 70%. Uh, I, I would like to put forth into 2019 that we, as a society, can uh, further our aims to be progressive in our taxation and uh, more fruitful since you use the word fruitful all right with our social programs and fun things like affordable housing uh and maybe do things that are actually not in the interests of monopolies and oligopolies uh so i would like to cast into the world the following spell bezos guillotinus <laughs> jesus wait i'm sorry was that, that might too, have another that was latin that was my i know not latin that but might it was spell a... language that might no, have it's... A, another connotation <laughs> it's the thing that i said but just you know in spell language i feel like when you say that spell a guillotine might appear and decapitate jeff bezos yeah but that's if you don't speak spell language oh yeah, that's why if someone says... Oh, uh, it's a false cognate. Yeah, exactly. It's like if you say soy in Spanish, it doesn't mean a bean. No, it means I. So Bezos Guillotinus, upon you all, especially you. Who? Huh? 
You you said especially you as you know just the royal you. Oh, the queen? (laughs) No, God, yes, no. Uh, Jesus, John, I didn't know you you hated the British that much. Yeah, it's a shame what they did. Another spell, yes, please. Casting from me. So I don't know if you know this, John, but 2019 is the year I make a huge step in my life journey. Ooh. You, you might know it. Uh, I'm going to get married Eee. to my fiance. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't, I didn't, I thought maybe it was like an arranged marriage. Or... No, no, no. Okay, no, no. yeah. This is what I chose. Okay, well, that's good. This is one of the choosy marriages. And I'm going to move in with this, this woman girl. Girl, woman, <laughs> this human person. There's no proper way to arrange those. I'm going to move in with this human person, and I don't know if you can can tell by the state of our studio right now, um, I am not the most organized, clean person. I'd say that's fair. I don't know how you put up with this. Uh, Just to give the podcast listeners a little bit of insight, uh, for months now I've been asking Henry where his bed is, and every time... Because it's weird, because it's just one room, but I never see a bed. Uh, and every time he just grunts and he points to a pile of old cans. Yeah. Usually Coke cans. Yeah, Coke cans. I saw some, uh, I don't know, it's good for you because I saw some Lean Cuisine boxes in there, too. Yeah, yeah, I'm really I'm really watching my uh, sleep eating lately. <laughs> and I mean, it's really nice, you know, the $13,000 computer and all the... Recording equipment we have in the 85-inch TV. Uh, but you gotta get a roof. <laughs> what? No. You don't like the outdoor living? I th- it's, it's outdoor light, because I still have walls. It's hard, because I know you have an upstairs neighbor, but I can't see him. Because <laughs> it just looks like the sky. Don't worry. Don't worry, John. Are you talking about God when yes. you're talking about your upstairs neighbor? <laughs> always. I am always referring to God. As I will in this next spell that I'm casting. Because as we know, cleanliness is next to godliness. So I will cast Zeus Clean. Yes. That's it. And what is that just to become more cleanly? No, that's so I, yeah. Okay, or is it a magic spell to clean your apartment Cinderella-like? It's a magic spell to clean my, Actually, if we're being 100% honest... It is indeed a magic spell that will keep the new apartment clean without any of either of us having to do anything. Okay, yeah. That you could get like a magic talking broom. Yeah, or like some I, elves to make shoes. Yeah. <laughs> you could you'll have a clean apartment and so many shoes you won't know what to do with them. I'll give them out to those uh, the panhandlers that you see around. Yeah. Well, they're they're panhandlers. They're not shoe handlers. Well, they could be if they had shoes. Oh man. So my spell is this one's a little bit I know that I was talking about everyone else but this one's just for me. Oh, what a selfish person doing a, a spell just for... Be like the rest of us and clean your apartment. So this one's just for me. Uh, going into 2019, uh, 2018, and 2017, I suppose, uh, weren't extremely bright times in my life in one particular area, and that is, of course, the area of health and fitness. Uh, I work out occasionally... But the happiest times in my life have been when I work out programmatically and systematically over long periods of time and just turn it into a kind of like meditation with spreadsheets. 
I've had very good results and had a lot of fun and lifted a lot of heavy things. So I would like to cast a spell going into 2019 for myself. Um, and I call it, and its only name could be... Muscular Dystrophy. Wait, no, that's a different one. That's a different one. Oh, no. Uh, Hold on, wait. John, your muscles. No. They're withering. Wait, muscular bigify. Now they're just kind of normal. They they went back to normal. You undid the damage that the the first spell did. But I feel like since I did a counter spell, they just kind of aren't going to come true now. Don't worry, John. 2019 is the year of counter spells. (laughs) Wait, does that mean we could counteract each other's spells? If we really wanted to. I don't feel... I feel like we've all wanted for pretty good things. I'm gonna counterspell the hell out of yours later when you're not listening. (laughs) When you're not listening. I'm gonna counterspell the hell out of them. So yeah, some New Year's spells. I feel like that... Putting out them good vibes. When's the next Blood Moon? Um... That's not knowledge I have offhand. Wait, I want to look something up. You know, we might have been better suited to wait for our magics. Oh, no. Because I'm sure they're powerful enough, but you might want to save up a spell or two for January 20th through January 21st, because this is going to be, of the first in our lifetime, a super blood wolf moon. Oh, yes, the super blood wolf moon. I, I actually heard about this sometime around the 1st. And I think, I believe I made the joke, like, somebody's 2000-era screen name is coming to life. Yes, the Super Blood Wolf Moon is coming for us all January 20th through the 21st. So if you have any Super Blood Wolf spells, keep them chambered, because your time's a-coming. Now, do you know enough for me to ask some questions? About the Super Blood Wolf Moon? Yes. Uh, I looked at an article and scrambled through it for dates, so yes. Alright. I just want to know about the wolf part. What makes a wolf moon? No idea. Oh no. Super moon is big. Blood moon is red. Yes. What's a wolf moon? (laughs) Wolf moon is hairy. (laughs) The moon just gets a bunch of hair. What is... You know when you don't shave for like two weeks straight and, you know, your facial hair grows out? Yes. That's what it is. Uh Oh. Moon forgot to shave. There is a real wolf moon thing. Yeah, okay. I know about them werewolves. There's a spell for you. No werewolves. It's just a bunch of werewolf shit. What? Sounds like that's not leading to any good conversation at all. It's not. So, spells aside, I feel like everyone should cast their New Year spells. Uh, Maybe wait for the Super Mega Blood Wolf Moon. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Hyper Murder Moon. The Hyper Murder Moon. Maybe just do your own little spell every morning when, when you wake up in the shower. And hopefully one day... It'll come true, despite the consequences. Yeah, your morning incantation. Exactly. So, uh, this has kind of no place in the conversation, other than I know that a lot of what we're talking about in relation to the new year is about positivity. And spells. And spells. Uh, So I've got something tangentially related to that that I did want to talk about. Spelling positive? Oh, no, okay. 
So one of my favorite things to do on this podcast is uh, hope that we will eventually do a supplemental reading of something and then we don't end up doing it because both of us will never enjoy the same thing. Remember when we promised one of our fans we were going to do a supplemental reading of The Adventure Zone? I do. Yeah, that's a shame. That's a shame. That is a shame. Uh, Let's still do it. Uh, Put it behind the paywall. So here's the thing. I have had a pretty... I've had a pretty involved experience with two things that I'm pretty sure you're never going to enjoy to their fullest. One of them is Bird Box. Uh, you, not in this case, but oh. I know that I have watched Bird Box. Okay. Uh, so this is, number one, Red Dead Redemption 2. You, you, how do you do a supplemental reading of a 90-hour game? Listen. Red Dead Redemption 2, enjoyed by many, millions of copies sold. Can we go one episode of you not talking about... I'm going to do something unusual. Yeah. And I want to say that I really enjoy Red Dead Redemption 2, but going into the new year, I did have a very strange Super Wolf Blood Moon-like transformation. Oh, no. Uh, where I went from enjoying Red Dead Redemption 2 uh, to finding its themes and like sluggish nature to be a massive bummer. Not that it's a bad game, per se, but the the politics surrounding it, the experience it is to play, and its genuine theme of, if you've played Red Dead Redemption, not 2, you'll know that the theme of these games is A Way of Life Goes Extinct. Uh, It's not a, a hugely fun time, especially as you near the end of the narrative. So I have started playing Yakuza Kiwami. Now, the Yakuza games... Yes are really popular in the west they're they're very popular in the west also popular in the east but only recently yes so i've played a a fair amount of the yakuza games not more than half that used to be true Uh, (laughs) but the the game's introduction into western audiences was back in 2006 when the first one came out and had a really uh, abhorrent translation uh, that completely rewrote the game to try to make it edgy and appeal to people who like Grand Theft Auto. That's yeah, the worst. Yeah, the the translation was not even close. The character names were the same for the most part, but it was like very weirdly westernized. My point is that we re- most recently got what Yakuza Zero, which was like the beginning, a prequel to the entire series. Yeah, Yakuza Zero, prequel to the entire series, and then Yakuza Six: The Song of Life. Came out shortly thereafter, I believe. And now you're talking about a Yaku- Yakuza... Kiwami. Kiwami. Yes. So the... Where does this fit? On uh, I know I know everybody, everybody listening knows the Yakuza chronology by heart. So where does this fit on the timeline? So it fits uh, because it is Yakuza 1. It is a remake of Yakuza 1. Why wouldn't they just call it Yakuza 1... Kiwami. Uh, no, it's it's Yakuza Extreme, or whatever Kiwami means. I don't know what Kiwami means. So, it's, uh, I finally get to experience, in its full grandeur, this game that I experienced back in, like, 2006 with this really awful translation. And the difference is stark. It is absolutely, top to bottom, not as much fun to play as Red Dead Redemption 2, nor is it as polished, but God, I'm having so much fun. 
it there's really something to be said about unplugging from narratives that are massive bummers and getting invested in something that has a hint of positivity in it. Now, I am not very familiar with the Yakuza games. All I know is, for the most part, you can pick up anything and beat somebody with it. Yeah. And I mean anything, like rip off car bumpers or pick up the entire car or like two cars. Not true. In fact, the, the amount of stuff you can pick up, at least in this one, relatively limited. Well, then I don't want to play it. Bikes, traffic cones, chairs. You can pick up a lot of stuff, sure. Uh, but it's it's just nice to play something that has, like... It's just nice to engage with a narrative that has positivity and progression in it. Because the, the entire theme of Red Dead Redemption 2 is that things get worse. Yeah. And it is complemented by... And if I were the kind of person who wrote medium posts, I could write one about this. Uh, so in Yakuza Kiwami, you, uh, Kiryu Kazuma, you go to prison for ten years at the beginning of the game. Wow. You have to play out all ten years? No, you play out one fight in prison and then you get out. Oh, okay. So it's like a fish out of water thing. He's like, haha, what's a cell phone? I'm old now. I'm 34. Very old by Japanese standards. Uh, but... I can only lift one bicycle. So when you start playing the game, uh, you start with all these like different fighting styles, and one of them is the dragon style. It's clearly the best. But when you get out of prison... Uh, and you start fighting, that fighting style is very bad. You have, like, a two-hit combo, and you're really slow, and it does no damage, but you've got all these other ones you can play with. And the entire arc of the game, with a really ridiculous system that I can't explain, uh, where you are attacked at random by a man with an eye patch who hides in traffic cones, there's a lot. Uh, but the, the arc of the game, systematically is that this fighting style gets better the more of the game you play. So you feel yourself, like, regaining this ability. It's kind of like an abilities, like in a Metroid. Oh, where but way better. You start out with all your powers, and then you trip over a rock and you lose all your powers. Yeah, but by the end, you're even better. Oh, it's so good. It's such a good system. It's so much better than riding a horse into a tree. Dodge the tree. But sometimes the horse will just do it. I I can't control my horse. I can't tell Applesauce what to do. You named your horse Applesauce? I'm my third horse. What happened to the first two? Uh, my first horse was named Paul. He was mowed down by Confederates. Uh, my second horse did not have a name. Uh, was killed by an alligator. An alligator. So it was a real shame. Wow. Yeah. Remember when you uh, played Breath of the Wild at my place and you got a horse and you named it A A A A? I do believe I named it two 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 two. Yeah, yeah. No, it's uh. You and horse names, man. Applesauce is a normal horse name. Applesauce is a food. Paul is not a normal horse name, but he was strong and he will be missed. But yeah, that's that's what I had to say about that specific thing I brought up. Okay, so you're just saying the tonal shift from a game where the longer you play, the worse things get, and that's by design, because it's art, in quotes, (laughs) to a a game with just the smallest bit of positivity is a huge, huge boon for you, the player. Yeah, I I think that, and I even had this conversation uh, with my girlfriend when we went to... uh, Famed Austin Retail Institution book people. 
I was waiting for people in the audience to register what book people was uh, and then appreciate it. Uh, but I was looking at books and she said to me, why do you always try to buy the longest, saddest books? And it is not inaccurate. Yeah. Uh, I, I was looking at my bookshelf and uh, the books that I've read most recently or remember being proudest of are 500 plus pages long and very depressing. Uh, but I've started to shift. Uh, I've... I'm. This is also something I wanted to bring up on the podcast. I am officially atoning. I am rereading Guards Guards. Oh, good. I really like it. So, and you realize now that you were wrong and Guards Guards is the first book. I was terribly wrong. You're completely, utterly wrong. I read it in fits and starts. Yeah. I I don't know the relationship that I was really having with that book. I had not read a lot of books in 2018. Uh, That book's delightful. Um... That Terry Pratchett can write the hell out of a dragon. Terry Pratchett's one of the best writers ever. He, I, I was marveling at this because there's a page about halfway through the book where the first half of the page is written with the light, deft, comedic hand that you generally will write members of the, night, the Night's Watch from their perspective. The second half is from the perspective of a dragon that lives in an extra dimension uh, and is uh, plotting its vengeance. And the tonal shift, huge, really phenomenal writing. Oh, he knew what he was doing. He's got one of those gifts where he can just shift at a moment's notice into like another perspective that is marked, very marked. Like whenever the character of death walks into the scene, it's like death is its own entity. You know when death speaks because it's got that all cap speak and, and it's no... Uh, no quotation marks when it speaks. Mm-hmm. It's all these little tiny hints, but then death is just its own character. It's just like, just like c'est la vie embodied into like a persona. And so it's like, okay, that's good. It can flitter in and out of plots and it doesn't take too much attention. And then he wrote like four books just centered on death. Yeah. The, the thing <laughs> with the Discworld series, which always floors me, is you can read one of these books and it will be one of the most engaging books you've ever read. There's fucking, like, 20 of them. Yeah. Uh, and oh, they're man. all good. And, the, the, like, you will have one sentence about a character or something in one of the books, and you're like, oh, that's a cool character. Cool that, that they just exist right there in that one scene. And then you find out, oh, God, that one character has an entire line of books to read. Yep, it's... It's real good. I I feel so bad for dunking on that book during the best worst. Well, I'm glad you atoned. I uh, just could not think. I'm sorry that it took you this long. It took an entire year for you to atone. Yeah. I don't know. I feel bad about that. Anyway, talking about tonal shifts and atoning. Yeah. And, anyway, play play Yakuza Kiwami. And, uh, and I would like to sell you on the series. It's good. Oh, good sell. Yeah. And avoid reading A Hundred Years of Solitude. A hundred... Also avoid reading... Well, no. If you have no experience with it, you should probably read Howard Zinn's A People's History of the United States. Don't read that. Really depressing, Don't read that. Real depressing. If I could sort of offer a slightly depressing, sad book that I already talked about on this podcast, probably in the previous episode... Uh, John Hodgman's Vacation Land, which I now finished. It's great, right? Has a very sad, sad twist at the end that's like, oh. oh, oh, oh. 
And then there's two more little stories, and I'm like, I guess he didn't want to end it in the saddest way possible. Yeah, it's, uh, I would call, it's like an elevated form of being bittersweet. Yeah. It's like, um, what's a synonym for bitter? Sour. So Henry is away from the microphone. They can hear that I'm away from the microphone. Getting a book. I'm getting your book back to you. Oh, thank you. On the podcast. <laughs> so there is a now a legal, <laughs> a legal record of this. I'm handing Vacation Land back to John. Ooh, I really, I really love this book because it's one of those cheap paperbacks that like. So I read it. And Allison read it. Every time people read it, it looks a little bit worse. Yeah. And I really do like that. It's kind of like Judge Ho- John Hodgman himself. John Hodgman looks a little bit worse every time people read him. <laughs> well, no, the more he interacts with people, the more he falls <laughs> apart. Uh, yeah, that book is, uh, it's bittersweet. I, I very much enjoyed it. I very much enjoyed the candid style of it. And it has a lot of notes of positivity. It's kind of the inverse. It's a lot of positivity with notes of sadness. Yeah. And the sad because of that, the sadness really brings you down. So I think the inverse could be true too. Like if there's a lot of sadness, some notes of happiness, the happiness or the positivity can really build you up. Yeah, I mean that's the that's what like emotional brinksmanship and sto- not brinksmanship. That's what emotional like stewardship and storytelling is is you've got to be able to to navigate being sad or being happy or, or whatever themes you're trying to accomplish, but you have to make the emotions that exist in deference to that, powerful. Yeah. It's the whole reason behind, like, theater. Like, the reason why you can get a laugh out of an extremely sad scene is you just have to contrast it. Like, you don't go full funny. It doesn't even need to be that funny. It just needs to break the tension. Exactly. And I guess the opposite of that is true. Like, you can be happy, but then you can create tension, and you're like, my guts. Or... You can do, like, uh, what's it called? Holmes and Watson? Yes. And, and make oh boy. just the worst movie that you possible while trying to be funny. And, and it's not funny, but then I guess there's one or two generally funny movements moments, and that's supposed to save the whole thing? What uh, were they thinking? I don't know. I, I love Lauren Lapkus a lot. She's great. Oh, is she in it? Yeah, John C. Riley. I like Will Ferrell. I like. Oh yeah, I like these individual people. <laughs> it's I just a shame. I don't know who wrote the treatment for it, or who didn't allow that person to edit the treatment. <laughs> <laughs> like it was the first draft, and they're like, "Oh, those are words. Let's get those on the screen. <laughs> this is fine." Uh, oh, here's how I'll sell you on Yakuza Kiwami. You're one of the on one of the moves you can unlock is called the essence of face twisting. Anyway, yeah, you literally twist someone's face. It's amazing. Talk about positivity. Somewhere in the Yakuza games, there is a game where you can just lift, like, anything and beat people with it. Yeah, there's, um, these games, dude, they're all over the place. You can do karaoke, you can, like, do gachapon. Yeah, they're they're massively immersive. They've got so much going on. There's a protracted side quest in this one based on UFO catchers, which are just crane games. Yeah. But, like, the fifth game, I think, which I have not played because I've played one and two and half of three. Uh, the fifth one, I believe, takes place across five cities with five characters with, like, interweaving narratives and objectives. God damn, I want to play all these games. You should. I'm trying. 
Three is very difficult, though, because a digital version of it does not exist. Oh, no. Uh, so you can't download it. You have to get a physical copy of it. Hopefully it ends up on something like PlayStation Now, because the PS4 is not backwards compatible. You're right, it isn't. That took a long time for me to think. What a terrible investment. Well, I don't know. Uh, no, I think Forget maybe... Forget the past, John. Kill it if you have to. <laughs> Kill the past. Kill your heroes. Never play L.A. Noir again. Well, they released it for the yeah, Switch. they released a lot of versions of And they released Noir. it for VR recently. Yeah. So... Play L.A. Noir <laughs> If you want to. If you want to. Yeah, be Cole Phelps. I've been playing a lot of video games, since that's apparently what we're talking about in this new year. Uh, and a little a little game I've been playing by the, the developer I do not remember. They made Faster Than Light, FTL. Really great game, really solid. A lot of strategy. They released a little game at the end of the, the last year called Into the Breach. Oh, I heard that that was Game of the Year. I think it did win Game of the Year at one of the Game Awards. Yeah, I've heard nothing but really good stuff about that. It's very fun. Uh, what is it? Is it about... Uh, what's in... What's that once more into the breach, my friends? Yes. Let us clog their nostrils with our blood or whatever. Once more men into the breach. I don't know what it's from. <laughs> it's from Shakespeare? Probably. I want to say Henry the Fourth. Sure. Cry I... Havoc, let loose the, the, the hogs of war. <laughs> Cry Havoc, let loose the <laughs> breach. Hold on. There's something here. Uh, you're Roadhogs. Roadhogs? <laughs> People who... Roadhogs? People who ride motorcycles? Yeah, so there was a movie... There was a movie called Roadhogs. Oh, with Tim Allen. With Tim Allen. Cry havoc and let loose the hogs of road. Oh, God. That's the episode title. You know how you make a joke? You ask the same (laughs) question over and over again with no explanation. You know Roadhogs? You know, Roadhogs? Roadhogs? Into the breach, John. Shit, was it called Road Dogs? Maybe. Into the breach. Okay, I'm gonna give you the premise in a little short dramatic speech. Humanity is doomed. Okay. In multiple timelines. We have tried everything. The Vec, which are these insect aliens, just keep coming. We can't stop them. They crawl out of the ground, they attack our infrastructure... And they retreat. We can't even find their home island on Earth for some reason. Okay. Because they're they're they're, just, they're too you can't find them. Okay. So what does humanity do? They come up with this little corpse, this little core. They come up with a corpse. They come up with this little corpse, this little core of time traveling mech pilots. Oh uh, yes, I'm very excited. So the first time you play. Uh, you just have the one pilot, and then you got two little other pilots. They don't matter. Just the one pilot who's got like skills. And you're when you lose, because you will lose, you ha- you get to save one of your pilots. Mm-hmm. And so you pick one of your pilots, and then pshoom, he gets sent back to headquarters to gear up for the next run. And he keeps all of his stats, all of his skills, and you get to try again. Okay. And so each time. Is a try, and so you might have a lot of failed timelines, and if you're successful, doesn't matter, because it's a suicide mission, but no one has to die because of time travel. Okay. And so you save your pilot, and then he's ready to come back again to try to save another timeline. Okay, is there a narrative, or is it just you keep doing it? It's kind of like Faster Than Light, where... 
the narrative is just that's sort of built into the premise. Mm-hmm. Uh, where the game is really fun is in its really tight, strategic, kind of like uh, strategic RPG mechanics. And then uh, as you get achievements, you get coins to unlock other mechs so you can do other mechanics. Like there's a whole team, uh, their whole thing is like, we're going to light the entire stage on fire and kill the bugs with fire. Uh-huh. There's a whole team was like, we're just going to freeze the bugs and then manipulate their frozen bodies. That sounds cool. There's a team that has a, a robot that literally just suplexes <gasps> bugs. Yes, please. But it's yes, all... Yes, pl- <laughs> wait. Do all of the other team robots do other wrestling moves? No. Oh. I, I th- they're all about manipula- manipulating where the robots are, or where the, the, the insects are. Okay, but with suplexes. With suplexes. Great. And uh, it's, it's just, it's very fun... It's very much like FTL where your runs have random elements and what you upgrade and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I've played it for, I think, over 20 hours over the Christmas break. I I very much want to look into that. I need to play more PC games. PC games are great, man. Look at Celeste. I just never have the time to sit in a chair. I'm just too busy standing. <laughs> ah, Celeste is really good. I've never played it. Uh, I love me some, like, high-fidelity platformers. Um, I want to collect strawberries. Yeah, okay, Spider-Man came out, and it lost to a goddamn 2D pixel art game. What? Spider-Man! Wait, lost what? Game of the Year. Oh. Went to God of War. I don't know Game of the about. Year from whom? I don't know. Oh, there's not just, like, one organization that there's gives the that Game a- Awards. Oh, well, that's not real. Nothing's real. Awards or nothing. Did you see the Golden Globes? I didn't. Oh, neither did I. I heard Into the Spider-Verse won Best Animated Film. Man, if only there was some avenue where both of us could talk at length about Into the Spider-Verse, a film we both enjoyed. So what I think I'm hearing is that next week you want to do a supplemental reading on Into the Spider-Verse. It would give me an opportunity to watch it again. Oh, how are you going to watch it again? Theater. We could go together. Yeah. I love that movie. Uh, Into the Spider-Verse is, the more that I think about it, my favorite movie of 2018. It's a shame I saw it in 2019. I know. came out so late. Oh, that's what I saw on Hangover Day. Oh, you saw it on... Wow. I saw it on Hangover Day. That's right. You you sent that to me. Yeah. Uh, Into the Spider-Verse is so good. And maybe we'll talk about it next week. Hopefully. I can't... I just, we couldn't start the new we, year off with a supplemental no, reading. Absolutely not. Uh, it can wait. It will wait. We'll all wait. So I know that we just started talking about what we're going to talk about in the next episode. So we're at a unique crossroads where we can either continue to bullshit for 15-ish minutes. Or, or we can call the first episode early so we can prepare by going to watch Into the Spider-Verse. Tonight? Uh, no, absolutely not. I have to sleep. There's no, then there's no reason to cut the episode (laughs) short, John. Other than to preserve our listeners, our fams. Preserve them? Keep them from having to listen to us fill time for 15 minutes. We're not gonna have to fill time, because I've got so many topics to talk about. Alright, shoot me. Let me be frank. No, shoot me. Let me be frank. Oh, no. Let me be frank. Frank. Roadhogs? <laughs> so, imagine a scenario in which you are a very, used to be highly esteemed actor, 
who was written off a show because a bunch of sexual allegations came out against you. And so, when in this timeline do you decide it would be a good idea to get your assistant to hold up a camera and for you to act in your kitchen and, and, and voice of a character who is dead on the show... What the fuck was he thinking? Uh, I... Imagine a world where you are a sexual abuser. Uh, and you decide... Here's what galls me about the whole thing. That video, by the way, 100% cursed. Don't watch it. Oh, uh, I watched it. Yeah, 100%. I oh, watched, am I gonna die in I watched, seven days? I watched it too. Very cursed. Uh, but here's what galls me about it. In addition to... Kevin Spacey, not a good dude from all the reports that we've heard. You have so many great characters you could pull from to do your weird may maya culpa to try to get back in people's good graces in this creepy-ass dark video where you're pretending to drink out of an empty coffee cup. And you choose Frank Underwood, yeah. the, the insultingly bad Georgian accent fucking anti-West Wing garbage character from a garbage show. Fuck, that's ludicrous. Be Lex Luthor or some shit. Don't like, be Frank Underwood. And what, what, what did he hope to actually achieve? Did he think like it would create so much buzz that Netflix would be forced to bring him back on the show that's ended? The show is over! Uh, well, you know, it There's did come no out... More. It did uh, come out the same day that it was revealed that he is, like, being charged that's for those a, things. I was wondering, like, if the timing was actually planned, like, to distract, like he's a... Okay. Like he's that smart? Or if it was just, like, the most unlucky timing, which I think... <laughs> <laughs> it's the funnier option. No, that would absolutely be the funniest it's option. Like, I'm gonna do this little Frank thing in my <laughs> kitchen, and then it's like, wait, why are they talking about sexual allegations? What's yeah. happening? He's just like saying there, he's like, I'm gonna tell you, and then like just cops <laughs> surround him. That's the funniest version. Yeah, the it's funniest like, version is that. Did you think I was dead? <laughs> We're coming in! <laughs> Let me be frank. Boom. Uh, no, the, uh, the, the, there's two scenarios that I see if this wasn't a coincidence. Number one, uh, Kevin Spacey is his own manager of his brand, uh, and is irreparably troubled. Yeah. Uh, the, that could, that, that's possible. The other option is that he does have, like, a manager, like, a. Like a person who handles his optics. Uh, and they are operating at such a perceived galaxy brain level where they have done this shit twice. Yeah. If they're telling him what to do, number one, they said, when a meaningful allegation of sexual assault comes out against you from someone who was underage at the time, you have to divert, juke, switch up the play, say you're a gay man. Yeah, <laughs> you exactly. To, you have to reveal that you're gay. I choose to live my life. Yeah. Yeah. You thought I was going to be a pass turned into a run. Kevin Spacey. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> Confuse them. <laughs> Confuse them. They don't know where I'm going. Let me drink. <laughs> and this shit happened again. Yeah. Where they're like, uh, charges are being uh, brought against, against Kevin Spacey for this. And he's like, okay, got to bring out the old juke magic. What character was I rec <laughs> most recently? Frank Underwood? 
Chad, get the get the fucking get, get your phone. Get your phone. I'm going to the sink. Let's <laughs> and then people give me a mug. And then like his team was like, oh, you got him on the ropes now. Got him on the team. They're not gonna know what hit him. Rope a dope. His entire press corps is is filled with luddites. <laughs> yeah, they don't have phones. They don't read the newspaper. They're all just like. Man, this must be doing real good. <laughs> yeah, because like after the first thing, when people pretty much universally shit on him for trying to take attention away from the meaningful sexual assault allegations by coming out of the closet, uh, I have to imagine these people were like, oh, fucking, we got him. We got him. <laughs> Perfect strategy. Perfect strat. Good thing we don't read the news. I have to wonder if there's some crossover here. With like uh, other horrible douchebags that are that are like trying to come back into the limelight, one Louis C.K. Yes, who like did stand up unannounced, and then he was like, "Oh, he's kind of like trying to make a comeback," and then most recently did a an entire set that was like the alt rights wet yeah. dream. Oh boy, uh, li- read the transcript of that or listen to it if you want to curse your ears. <laughs> Really horrible. I got to the... I, I only know the one part where he was like, oh, so you survived a school shooting at your school. That doesn't make you interesting. I got to that part. I was like, okay, so he was just... He's a horrible person. I mean, he's always been a horrible person. Yeah. Uh, I think that the only thing that was required of us to see what Louis C.K. is is for him to lose his veneer of, like, wokeness. Yeah. Uh, I think that he is just, like, a tiny, shitty, vindictive person. I listened to the whole thing and read a transcript of it. It's awful. Uh, But, you know, here's the great thing, though. Louis C.K. had a long career of doing a specific thing, and yeah, he had a bump in the road, but after that, he got on the horse again, he started doing the same thing everyone has known him for, and everyone who has come to respect him knows that he does, which is whip out unpleasant things to people who weren't expecting them. Oh, hey-oh. That's really well worded. (laughs) I really like that. Uh, But I just, I have to wonder if Kevin Spacey looks at the, because he has a phone. So, so he looks at the Louis C.K. headlines, and he doesn't read the comments, because who reads the comments? And he's like, oh, Louis C.K.'s doing his old thing. Time for old Kevin Spacey to do his old thing. I really like to imagine uh, that all of Kevin Spacey's interviews are a character, and he actually talks like that. Good old Kevin Spacey gonna get back in that ring. My name's Kevin Alistair Spacey, and I'm gonna do it. Uh, yeah, no, it's been a real interesting time. I feel like this is the first, like, aftershock of the Me Too movement, because you have the Louis C.K. thing, fucking sucks, fuck that guy. Uh, He's you dead have, to us. You have the Kevin Spacey thing, fucking sucks, fuck that guy. He's dead to us. Uh, but then you also have, uh, right now, the R. Kelly thing. Oh, right, the documentary. The documentary came out, and people are now finally starting to take the R. Kelly allegations, uh, allegations which are videotaped and documented dozens of times over. Wait, wait, are we referring to Kid Wizard R. Kelly? Yes, we are referring to peer on underage girls, sex cult having, uh underaged abortion pressuring just all around real creep r kelly i just want to make sure we are talking about 
sexual aggressor R. Kelly. Yeah, we are talking about literal monster R. Kelly. All right, now uh, that we're on the same page. Which is insane because this, it's like a Netflix documentary or whatever. Uh, and I'm not saying that anything that is being leveled against R. Kelly is unwarranted. I think more should be done. I think R. Kelly should probably be in prison. Uh, but the fact that this stuff has been around for so long and is not new is insane to me. And I think it's because R. Kelly existed in the like spectrum of sexual abusers where all of his most heinous shit came to light when we still kind of had this weird bon ami relationship with sexual abusers as powerful men where we're like oh we can laugh it off make like pee jokes or whatever but then that stays in the zeitgeist it stays in our in our cultural cortex where r kelly being a joke for being like a, a pederast and sexual abuser stays a joke yeah and we don't take it seriously until we're seriously shaken well, I, I mean, there has been a long history of celebrities and people with money getting off lightly for very serious crimes. Like, that's just, that's just how America is. Yeah, that's just how it works. And some of the sexual crimes falls under that umbrella of people just, like, paying off the right people or getting slaps on the wrist. But now we're, we're finally in a, in a cultural environment of taking sexual crime seriously. And so there's no crossover. It's like, yeah, let's bring to light all the things R. Kelly did when we were laughing about it so we can stop laughing. Yeah. And R. Kelly's over here like, I haven't seen it, but I'm going to sue everybody. I, I really like that. Okay, this is... This is the way that I imagine it going, and this is a very violent analogy. So me, the Me Too movement is like a car. So the car has really bright headlights, and it turned a corner onto a street, and all of the like known sexual abusers who were part of the zeitgeist, its headlights swept over them, but then it landed on the real trash. Yeah. It landed on the ones the who, worst of the worst. who weren't super public, and they scattered like cockroaches, and they just got run over. Uh, and then the R. Kellys of the world, they breathed a sigh of relief, but then the car, like, turned around because it did not forget about them. Because it was a cul-de-sac. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't realize, they're like, oh, it's going away from me. Like, yeah. they see it getting, like... But then all of a sudden it swerves back around. They're like, oh, God. Yeah. Weird that privileged men would live in a cul-de-sac. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I think that it's good what's happening to R. Kelly. I I have been uh, ashamedly, if that's a word. Uh, I was in the camp that laughed about the R. Kelly thing. I'm a dude who's like 30-ish years old. I so, like, everyone was... I always thought it was gross. Yeah, it, like, was, it was gross. You, but shouldn't, it, you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't pee on children. You shouldn't just, even if you're into it, and they're, not not the children, not, hold on, no. let yeah. me back up. Even if two consenting adults are into it, I still think it's gross. Yeah. I'm not trying to kink shame, I just have a thing about human waste that uh, I don't like. And I, I think that, I think that uh, on that front it's whatever, but like... The fact that I existed through things like The Chappelle Show, which just laughed along with the R. Kelly stuff. And I like me some remix to Ignition. Uh, and a lot of my favorite people in the music space have collaborated with R. Kelly, so it became normalized in my mind. Uh, then all that R. Kelly sex cult stuff came out a year or two ago. And I was like, man, 
R. Kelly's really fucked up. So I started to distance myself from it. And now the rest of society is starting to be like, especially with this documentary, hey, fuck R. Kelly and more power to them. What I want to know is, how the hell is Chris Brown not in jail? Yeah. He beat the shit out of Rihanna. Um, I was reading something about that where someone was like, people need to stop uh, ragging on Chris Brown because Rihanna forgave him. I'm like, I don't no. give a shit. Like, he broke the law. Yeah. If, if you beat He the- assaulted a human person. Chris Brown, go to jail. Stop collaborating <laughs> with him. He's a... Terrible person. Yeah, Chris Brown to go to jail. Anyway. Uh, stop col- Uh, yeah. There's a really weird thing in music where people will collaborate with- Mark Wahlberg all basically blinded yeah. a person. He, he beat someone blind in what is potentially racially motivated attack. And yet he's over there being- Now he's in every American film. Like, oh, Deepwater Horizon, American Heroes. Oh, American Heroes, another movie. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I think that we gotta get him out. We gotta throw him in the tar pit. We gotta get him out. Because there are a lot of good ones. And we can't keep the bad ones with the good ones. Yeah. Because then the good ones will collaborate with the bad ones because it's been normalized and there's been external pressure to do so. Chance the Rapper is was one of my favorite artists yeah. and he's collaborated with R. Kelly and he only apologized for doing so once society started to turn against R. Kelly again. But people knew about that shit. Yeah. It's not like it was a secret. I just think we're not, we're getting to a weird more like morality, a weird moment in both culture and morality mm-hmm. where People, everyone keeps asking the question, like, oh, can you accept the monster? Can you excuse the monster while, like, appreciating the monster's art? Mm-hmm. And I think I'm coming to the realization that just focus on the new stuff being made by not monsters. Yeah, I, I think that, uh, let's take a classic monster, for example, Woody Allen. Oh. A classic prolific monster. Yeah. Uh... Just terrible person to work with. Real real creep. He, like, married his adopted daughter. Real creep. Weird. Weird, uh, weird. So, you could say Woody Allen released a movie every year. Some are good and some are garbage. Uh, should we, can we, condemn him and still enjoy his films? I say irrelevant. Yeah. Because there are just as many films by non-monsters. Well, here's the thing. I'm still going to watch Baby Driver. Yeah. That's that's so tough for me, though. I'm still going to watch it. Because Kevin Spacey didn't make that. Yeah. You can't feel him all over it. He's in it. He just had a role in it. So that's... There's a line in there that he was blinded by the balls on that boy. Eee. I forgot about that. Can we create a Kevin Spacey-less edit of Baby Driver? I don't know if he can. He's a driving force of the movie. Hey, yeah. pun. Uh, it's tough. So this is just a question we struggle with for all time. Yeah, maybe one day, with the way society is moving, we will have an answer to this. Maybe when it's more pivotal, so like, don't listen to Louis C.K. anymore, because he's proven himself to be a horrible person. Yeah. And he's the 100% behind... All the things he does. Yep. So you can excuse him. Whereas Kevin Spacey's a minor role and he's playing a creep anyway. Yeah. 
So you revel in the fact that he's a really good creep because he wasn't acting for one minute. Yeah, I mean, you should just enjoy Kevin Spacey's other roles. Like, the main character in American Beauty where he tries to sleep with an underage person and is a creep. (laughs) Or his role in House of Cards where he has a manipulative sexual relationship with a person who's significantly younger than he is and uh, uses his power to manipulate people into giving him sexual favors. You know, all of the other roles that he has. Exactly, yeah. All of the other roles that are in no way indicative of Uh, him as a person. Is 2019 going to be better? Yes. And I will tell you why. Why? Because 2018... I was trying to come up with something clever, but I can't. 2019, however, is <laughs> 20 fight teen. 2019, 20 fight teen. You heard it here first, folks. It's the, 2019, this is my proclamation. Not a spell, but a call to action. 2019 is going to be the year where you stop taking it and start dishing it out. You stop taking abuse from people in power, from people in your own political party, and you start taking names. Dishing out those names. You start dishing out names. You start constructing some kind of wooden contraption with a a weighted, sharp blade at a 45-degree angle, suspended about 12 feet up. I don't know what it is, but you just start building it one day. And you don't you don't know what to call it, but it's there in your backyard. And you know it's there if you ever need it. What, <laughs> are, what are you talking about? <laughs> I'm just saying you create like a wooden structure with like a sharp blade at the top that falls down to the bottom very a rapidly. A call it what you want. Oh my god. I call it art. I'm gonna call it the social media <laughs> plugs. Yes, so I guess I'll do the social media plugs You know, it's now. 2019. 20 fight team. <laughs> 20 fight team. And you know what that means? I'm gonna take over. You're taking... Back it? off. What? My year. You're taking over new for... New year, new social me. Wait, so for the last two years... Yeah? You've been taking it because I've been doing it. Now I'm gonna but dish it now out. Now you're dishing out the social media So if plugs. you want to dish out your words to us via social media, you can do so on Twitter at ZCPCWHJ. And John, what does that stand for? Zing. Cut. People cut whole heads jostle. Threw me off with the hole, if you know what I'm saying. If you want to send longer things, longer than 280 characters, you can send us an email at zero credits as a podcast at gmail.com. Uh, our lines are always open. And if you want to find us on Facebook, you can do so by searching for zero credits podcast on the Facebook search bar. I update maybe once a week now, so maybe it's not worth following anymore? I don't know. We haven't gotten any new likes in there for like an entire year. We're on Twitch. We stream video games on an occasion. We can still plug that for another two months, I think. Uh, that's twitch.tv slash zero credits. That's the URL that you try to fi- find us at. And you will find us. There's no try. Uh, follow us on that and you'll get alerts when we go online randomly on a Wednesday night when neither of us has anything going on, which is not going to happen for the foreseeable future because John has a very busy social life and I'm going to eat an entire pizza. Maybe I'll stream that. Mukbang! 
Mukbang? Mukbang? What's mukbang? Road dogs? Wait, is mukbang like when you eat? Oh, yeah, when you watch people eat. Social eating. Social eating. That's a, okay. Social eating. We're on the same page. Find us on iTunes, if you will, because it helps out immensely. You need to do a rate. That's a five-star, five-star rate like your Uber driver. I'm relating to the kids. Do a review like your Yelp, which is becoming bankrupt and going under, so that's not really relatable anymore. Find us, like us on that, promote us, and then, most importantly, I would be remiss if I didn't say this, you gotta do what, what are you doing? You're just pointing at me. Why are you gesturing? You gotta use your mouth to get the word out. Word of the mouth is the only way we're gonna survive. If you tell 16 friends, I will be impressed that you know that many people. And you know what happens when I get impressed? The world shrinks a little bit more. That's a good thing. Uh... Have I left anything out? And we're on Spotify. Oh, and fuck that. from everyone here at the Zero Credit Studio Apartment, soon to be moving on up to the Zero Credits two-bedroom apartment. <laughs> You're not wrong. My name is John. I'm Henry. <laughs> Goodbye. I like that. I like that we reiterated our names just in case they forgot. I thought it would. I no, it's a really good sign. It's like how we end. No, it's good. It's like a news anchor thing where I, it's like I've been Robert Loja. <laughs> this has been the news. Famed anchor Robert Loja. Give me three news anchor names very quickly. Walter Concrete. That can't be real. Walter Monmite. Nailed it. Sally Ryder. <laughs> Sally Ryder. And News McFuck. <laughs> Bye. Very good episode.